Well, last weekend was a busy one for Nancy and I, and we were pretty beat. By Sunday night, we just turned on the TV, flipped the channels, came across the Hallmark Channel. Of course, now's the season. They play one Christmas movie after another, and so we got hooked in and watched that. And we got done, Nancy said, well, I've watched my one Hallmark Christmas movie for the season because once you've seen one, you have seen them all. <laughs> a certain amount of truth to that. They know their formula and they know it works. I love how they, they pull in that audience to the next when they start the, the new movie before they've even finished the credits on the old one just to try to hook you in and get that binge watching going. If you watch the Hallmark Channel very much, you'll find that they really stick to that same formula, that Christmas is about home, it's about family, it's about love. And that's not a bad message. And that's probably what society tends to, tends to put out there most of the time. But we who are of the Christian faith, we who dive into our scriptures, even this Christmas season, know there's a lot more to it than that. And that's what this series is about. We're trying to share the hidden meaning of Christmas that sometimes gets lost in our culture's gift giving and family dinners and we miss the deeper message that's there. The first Sunday Aaron talked about how we reflect the light that Christ has sent into the world and the darkness that's in it. Last Sunday we talked about the, the five unusual women mentioned in Matthew's genealogy to share that the Messiah has come, the Christ child is there for every person, all persons in this world. Today I want to quickly make a few points about Joseph, our unsung hero. Now, I hope that you'll have a little empathy for Joseph. He doesn't get a whole lot of press. I don't know if you paid attention. Did you hear Joseph mentioned in any of the Christmas songs that were sung? And if you listen to most of the traditional carols, you will not find a mention of Joseph anywhere in those. Maybe a few of the more modern ones that picked up. I did find one that happened to be about Joseph, but it, it came from the Mormon church, so we don't tend to sing those. You may not also be aware that Joseph nowhere in the scriptures is quoted. He has nothing to say. He just does. He gets the credit for marrying Mary. He gets credit for safely taking the Holy Family to Egypt and later to Nazareth. And he gets one more mention at age 12 of Jesus in that childhood story where he gets lost and they find him in the temple. After that, we hear nothing from Joseph. He's not even there when Jesus starts his public ministry. There's a story that's told um, about a church that was going to do their Sunday school Christmas nativity program. And a mother called the day of to say, my son is sick and he was supposed to play Joseph. And the director said, well, it's too late to find a replacement. We'll just have to write him out of the script. <laughs> and they did, and nobody missed him. Nobody missed him at all. So poor Joseph. But Joseph is important. He's important because he shows up in our Christmas stories. And one thing you'll discover, if you study the Christmas narr narratives very deeply, you realize that they are all everything in there is there for a purpose. And the Christmas narratives that you see in Matthew and Luke, they show up as a microcosm of what will be lived out in the life of Jesus throughout his public ministry. You get a foretaste of what is to come when you look at all the things that surrounded Christ's birth. I'll just give you a, a couple examples. One is the fact that 
there's no room in the end for that holy family. Remember Jesus' words when he said, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head? Or we could talk about how Jesus was born to a poor carpenter, one of the lowest paying trades in Israel, and later Jesus and his story about this judgment of the nations, and he separates the sheep from the goats, and he says, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Or we could focus upon the fact that the wise men are in that Christmas story because they declare that this Christ child is for all persons, even those from a foreign land. And we find Jesus during his public ministry making his way into the land of Samaria and sometimes even lifting up the people of the Samaritans. So why is Joseph then in our story? Because I think he shows and demonstrates in a very vivid way what is a true fact of Jesus whenever you read about him in the Gospels. You see, Jesus can never be taken neutrally. Everywhere he goes, regardless of what he says or what he does, or even his mere presence, creates a powerful transformation in people's lives. You don't just take Jesus casually. He confronts and he challenges in every way possible. Remember the sons of Zebedee who are fishing. Jesus comes to them and he says, "You, I will make you fishers of men, and they immediately come follow him. Remember that man at the pool of Bethsaida who has been lame for 38 years, and Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? And then he was made well. Or how about Zacchaeus? Jesus merely shows up in this home of the tax collector. Didn't even say what Jesus said or did while he's in that home, but immediately Zacchaeus declares that he is going to give half of all that he owns to the poor, and that if he's cheated anyone as a tax collector, he'll pay that back four times. Jesus brings powerful transformation wherever he goes. There's a scripture from Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. It's a message of Christ given to the seven churches. Obviously a message to be intended to be heard with more, to more than just those seven churches. And it says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You ever feel lukewarm with your faith? Those words kind of make me cringe. They challenge me to take radically Jesus' words, take them seriously. It should impact how I spend my time, how I spend my money. It should challenge the people that I relate to, willing to go out of the box to find people that are out of my comfort zone. Do I meet the needs of the people that Jesus called the least of these? When have I fed the hungry? When have I helped those who are thirsty? When have I clothed the naked? When have I visited the sick or those in prison? When have I welcomed the stranger? Jesus demands a response wherever he goes. And that's what Joseph does for us. See, Joseph gives us a little vision of what happens when Christ comes into your life. He's minding his own business. He's engaged. He's ready for uh, a life change that should be a favorable one. And then something happens, and Mary becomes pregnant. Now, we've got to keep in mind a few things to realize how radical a step this was for Joseph. For one, engagement then was much differently than it is now. You don't just break it off and have some hurt feelings and go on. 
it was a financial arrangement back then. Those marriages were often prearranged even while they're little children. Money has exchanged hands, so you don't just break it off without there being problems. Joseph also has the privilege, the right, to have her put to death. It could be his act of revenge, but instead he quietly chooses to divorce her until somehow God gets a message to him. It says an angel, but it didn't say what that angel looks like or how it's experienced. My guess is it wasn't that much different from what you and I experience when God comes to us, when God speaks to us. I bet Joseph wasn't 100% sure, but he had enough faith that he trusted that God called him to believe Mary, to accept her story, and to embrace this new family that he's going to be a, become a part of. And so he does. It's a radical change in his life. So what's going on with Joseph is something important to consider. I read a commentary that, that suggested that, that Joseph for us is, is the prime example of obedience. But obedience doesn't quite cut it for me. I can do obedience. Can't you do obedience? I'm pretty good at following rules when I need to. I'm one of those persons that I may go five miles over the speed limit, but I set my crew so I don't go any further than that, so I don't get a ticket. I'm one of those that when you see construction ahead and the sign says left lane ends, merge right, I merge right. Do you? And don't you just love those people who just keep on going and wait to the last minute and then you've got to let them in because ain't we special? I can do obedience, but what Joseph did is so much more than obedience. What Joseph had to do was to choose between protecting his own skin and finding the courage to face the rejection and disdain that was sure to come as they went back home to Nazareth because everyone in that small village would know that Mary became pregnant too soon. He had to choose between self-denial and self-preservation. He had to choose between safety and an adventure of his lifetime, and he would experience it profoundly as he went off to a foreign land in Egypt and then came home to that village where everybody knew everything. Joseph's choice goes against completely the human impulse of self-preservation. He acted decisively for what God wanted and what God needed, and that's why his story is included in our Christmas story. And so the challenge is there for us. Do we embrace the message of Christ fully and completely? So it's more than obedience, but it's truly a response to God who's come down to earth, who's become one of us, who's now lived among us, because it should change everything. I hope you find in Joseph a deeper understanding of what Christmas means. Yes, Christmas is about home, it's about family, it's about love, but it's also about the courage to accept God's call in your life to deny what may seem to be in your best interest for the adventure of following Jesus in ways that you never, ever could imagine. Let's pray. Lord, help us to not just be lukewarm for what you've done. Sending your son into this world in this way 
is incredibly amazing. Let us look at Joseph and find in him what we need in ourselves. Because faith calls for courage. Courage to stand up and be the person you call us to be. This is our hope and prayer in this day through Christ who is our Lord. Amen.